Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. So glad to be joined today on the line by Elena Gatzenberg of the Charlotte Observer. Um, I just want to hop into one of her articles really struck me. So I read an article um, in where she talked about the unselfishness of Cam Newton and how much he meant to the city. She basically wrote down a bunch of numbers, right? And in those numbers, there was so much meaning to what, what happened throughout his career. I want to ask her questions about um, Cam Newton and his time in Carolina. I want to know about his future, and I want to know about the future of the Carolina Panthers. How are you doing today, Elena? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Em. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. These are strange times. <laughs> yes, we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like we're kind of in, in the middle of a place where um, it, it's kind of like the great equalizer, right? Because this is the way we can interview. And if you were invited to ESPN, it'd be the same exact situation. That is the truth. It makes us all in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. So, so it feels it feels good to um to at least at some point in some way at some level be on the on the same level there as you right now, right? All right, guys. So, um, here's what I want to do. I want to ask you about um, I want to ask you about your article. But before we hop in, I want to get a sense of what. Cam Newton, well, how the city right now is reacting to um, the release of Cam Newton? How are they dealing with the fact that Cam's no longer their number one quarterback because he's been there since he's been drafted? Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing where it was somewhat coming. Like, I think it was kind of like a slow buildup to what ended up happening. I don't think I don't think anyone should have been surprised by like it was that like a couple weeks ago when he was officially released there were so many signs so many like indications that things weren't going well so I think people are upset about the way it went down there's definitely a tone of like disappointment in the Panthers and maybe the way they ended up handling the end um but I don't think the actual act of him being released was surprising I think it's kind of like once you actually see it see his name with like no longer you know his twitter picture doesn't have him in a panthers jersey anymore that's dramatic so i think it's things like that where like you know it's more of the emotional it's not like a surprise but there is you know someone's your quarterback for nine years there's an emotional connection at the height of his time in Carolina, like around 2015, when he's like the MVP and everybody's dabbing across the nation, right? <laughs> what did Cam Newton mean to the city of, of, of Carolina, or to the city of Charlotte in Carolina? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can undersell what he meant. I mean, I think he meant so much. I was just having a conversation the other day with someone who was like, who were his wide receivers on that team? Like, they, <laughs> they did not have, like, Jericho Cotri was there. Like, I don't know. Um, but they just, you know, that 2015 team, like he made them great. Like, I don't think, I mean, we'll talk more about the offense, but like he made that team great. And he, He I mean, you watch Cam Newton, but you watch some of those games back. He was like magic. Like it's hard not to like smile when you watch him. So I think he meant a lot. I think anyone watching that team, you know, know he was the heart and soul of that team that, you know, went on a Super Bowl run. So I think that's the season that when you say, you know, that was his MVP season, and I think it was <laughs> justifiable. I think that's what kind of, you know, built that emotional connection was how good he was that year. 
So, okay, I, I've seen in some articles in the Charlotte Observer that Cam <laughs> Newton um, could rub fans the wrong way, right? Um, and and that, that had to be well after the 2015 season. That has to be closer to now than back then, right? So um, what about Cam Newton could possibly rub fans the wrong way? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. So there's a lot of perspectives on Cam Newton. I think for someone who gets a lot of emails about Cam Newton, good and bad, I get a lot of different things. I think people, um, how do I say this? I think people make, you know, make judgments about people based on things. And this isn't a Cam Newton only thing. This is like a society thing. Um, I think people make judgments based on, I think his attire post games. I think, I think I get a lot of emails about them. People make comments about just because it's not what they're used to. Um, I think, I mean, I think you can point to that 2015. I mean, I don't like to do this, but I think it's easy to point to that 2015 post-Super Bowl press conference where he, you know, didn't act appropriately. It wasn't his best. You know, he could have handled it better. However he should have handled it could have been better. And I think that's when it all started to kind of like, people made judgments about his character and the way he handled things. I think it all started there. And then, you know, once you're looking for things, you can find something in anyone. So I think it kind of like grew and grew and some people have mixed feelings about him. Is it? So, okay. Have you been in those rooms when he's walked into a press conference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how is that? <laughs> Tell me how that is when he walks in. I haven't been to too many, but I will say that like, I mean, I was only there for the less positive time. So it's like not, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's what it is. I mean, he knows that, you know, any quarterback knows, you know, press is waiting for them and like all eyes are on you. So, I mean, he's used to that situation by now, but it always is interesting. I mean, even just watching over the years, you know, his attire, whatever, like it's, a, he likes to put on a show and I don't like blame him for that, but it is like, you know, all eyes on cam. <laughs> It is, it is. And look, um, and most outfits that he wears, I'm like, wow, man, I, <laughs> I would have never done that. But I mean, hey, I'm not a fashion expert. Look yeah. at me, right? So, <laughs> but I mean, I still don't know. Like, I'm still always wanting to know if I ever got a chance to talk to Cam, I, I, I actually, no, I wouldn't even bring it up. But, <laughs> but I would want to subject. at some point. <laughs> All right. So I want to get into your article now. Um, your article was amazing. You, you, you. talked about the numbers um, that, that basically meant a lot um, to um, Cam Newton and, and lots of his career and his time in um, Carolina. Uh, but one of the things that really caught my eye is that you spoke about um, his generosity. Right. Mm-hmm. And you talked about sometimes the public generosity, because there was a lot of immense public generosity, but also yeah. private generosity, like him bringing, um, you know, him bringing food or, or bringing um, blankets to the homeless people after games or him going around and showing different acts of kindness around the city. The stuff that he did for the youth there, um, the stuff mm-hmm. that his foundation has done, how much money they've donated, um, whether people know about it or they don't know about it. Um, from from what you know about Cam Newton, what would drive him to such unselfish acts of kindness? Yeah. So when I first came to Charlotte and covering this team, one of the first things someone told me about they're like, Cam's a lot, you know, it comes with a lot of different stuff. But when he's doing his charity work and like when he's like, or when he's just out, you know, talking to fans and that sort of thing, that's when he's at like, you know, that's pure Cam. Like that's when you're going to see like a lot of character, like a lot of like, you know, how he actually interacts with people. 
Um, and I think, so I was actually talking to his foundation director who like, like you said, they didn't know that he was like going out after home games and like giving back to every like home, people who are homeless, different foundations, just like after home games, he would go with some family and friends, not all the time, but a lot and do that, just take his time separate from the charity. Um, I think a lot of that, so he, when he was younger, like a lot of what he aspired to do is he wanted to give back to kids like himself, like when he was younger. And I think that drives him a lot to want to do things for youth. I mean, you'll see him, he hosts like his seven on seven tournaments for kids a, a lot who are in Atlanta, like where he grew up and like who had similar environments. So I think he sees himself and like how he would want, you know, a NFL player to give back to him when he was a kid. So I think he always thought of when he got to this level, he wanted to make sure he was doing that. And he spends a lot of time on, you know, giving back to Atlanta and formerly Charlotte, I guess now. But but yeah, so I think it's just something that he prioritizes maybe more than other athletes. So, okay. Now, if, if he's doing all that, right, and he's, yeah. he loves the city, the city loves him, um, of course, that he can rub some people the wrong way. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, he's, he's going through that. He's also been very productive. He's been remarkable at times. He's yeah. been outright superhuman at times. <laughs> what led to, you know, the end of his time in, in Carolina? I don't think you can point to one thing. I think there's, in most situations like this, it's a number of factors that add up. I mean, the injuries are going to be the biggest um, thing that he just wasn't healthy the last two seasons. And it's hard when you – you know, you see your team without your starting quarterback and you see, you know, that, you know, he's been injured a lot and that's a lot hard to rely on someone, no matter what emotional connection you have, who has been, who has three surgeries in the last three years. That's a hard situation. Um, and I think his contract, the fact that they could get out of it with only like $2 million against their cap, that's I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not losing. It's not a financial investment to get rid of him. You know, it's not a big deal. And I think also they're, you know, they hired a new head coach. Ron Rivera is gone. I think they felt like they were starting over to not entirely. They're, <laughs> what they're doing is an interesting conversation, but they're starting over to an extent with a new head coach. And I think when a new head coach comes in, it's not uncommon to see a new starting quarterback come with him. So I think it was a number of factors and just time. I think it was honestly probably for the best. I think that's hard for Panthers fans to see right now, but hopefully Cam can find a situation that's good for him. And it's, it was, I don't know, it felt like it was time. So, okay. It, it, and for some, right, for some people who are watching or paying attention, yeah. and, and I, I've kind of paid attention too. I've watched over the, the course of the last few years, and I'm like, this is coming to an end. I can yeah. feel it, right? Um, because, you know, he, he gets hurt. He's not able to finish one season. Then he comes in early to start the season, but then doesn't finish that season. And it looks like he you can't ever count on him being healthy for an entire season now, right? But I'm not going to lie to you. Looking at this new Cam Newton, are you paying attention on Instagram? Are you seeing what he's doing now? I'm seeing. I got to keep watching. <laughs> I, I'm still th- I'm thinking this Cam is going to be different at some point. At some point, he's, he's doing his workout, an intense workout, right? And he's yeah. showing people, he's playing the music in the background, Christian gospel music. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so while he's doing that, right, he then looks at the camera and says, they gave up on me. Yeah. He says, they gave up on me. 
in your opinion, when was the point of no return for, you know, him in Carolina? But was there anything, anything that could have been done that would have stopped this from happening? I mean, this sounds stupid, but, like, the injuries, I think, would it? But you can't – I mean, it's hard. There were so many in the foot injury. I mean, if you think about it, I've done this thought exercise. It's very dangerous to do because you can't go back and change things. But, like, if Cam doesn't injure his foot in that preseason game against New England, like, that doesn't happen. He's healthy this whole season. Is Ron Rivera still head coach? Like, is Cam – how did the season go? Did they make the playoffs? Like, was you know the defense didn't look great but maybe they were able to get us I don't know probably still not the playoffs but how good were they like were they able to put a season together that was good enough that David Tepper was like you know I'll keep him the head coach I'll keep Cam we'll give him one more year so I think there's just I mean I think the foot injury is the biggest thing that it just went downhill from there um I mean I mean Cam wanted to stay like that's like he did not want to go there's no he wanted to stay in Carolina. He, yeah, did everything he could to say he wanted to be there. Um, but I think it was just the team's perspective that it just felt like the time to move on. So I think, like, if if the foot wasn't injured, that to me is, like, things would be different. Do you think, um, like, he really couldn't show them that he was going to be healthy enough or was healthy enough? he's definitely getting healthy like there's he's on schedule he's fine I just think he was too much too much had happened I think I think there's a time when like I think this happens around the NFL though when there's quarterbacks and there's like a point where it's like do we see going forward with you did Cam want a new contract that was definitely a potential um he only had one year left on his deal and I think it was just for the team, it just felt like it was time. And maybe he was getting healthy, but it's still he wasn't going to be game game ready until very close to the season. So I think it's just too many question marks with everything else and the new head coach and all that combined. Okay. So this thought exercise is, is kind of something that I'm going through myself, right? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I'm looking at a young, talented and I say young, he's young, he's young. So I look at a young, talented, and obviously motivated Cam Newton right now. Yeah. And and I'm asking myself, and I ask you too, why is he still on the market? When guys like Phillip Rivers, is he's being signed, right? Yeah. I think Blank Gabbard just got signed today. Why is Cam Newton still on the market? Okay, you call Cam Newton young, and I will argue with that. I don't think he's young. <laughs> I mean, relatively to the NFL, he's yeah, not young. Relatively young. He's gonna be thirty-one. I don't think. I don't know. Phil, compared to Philip Rivers, that's fair. Um, and but, compared to Drew Brees and Tom Brady, who, who yeah, both signed new contracts. Yeah, and but they're they've shown to be better quarterbacks as of late. I will say, and I think the thing. I mean, you look at someone like Philip Rivers getting signed immediately as opposed to Cam. I mean, first Philip Rivers was a free agent far before Cam Newton was, so that Cam didn't get released to almost, you know, Philip Rivers was signed, Tom Brady was signed, all those things were done. Um, and Philip Rivers hasn't missed a game, and he's been very, very healthy. Yeah. I think that's a factor. I think having your starting quarterback be dependable is really a big deal. Um, and there's also, like, a bad supply and demand right now in the NFL that's, like, never really happened before where there's – I mean, Jameis is – been out there for like two months like it feels like forever now but it hasn't been that long um so him and Jameis just being out there and like 
not having a team, it's rare that there's more starting quarterbacks available than teams that need one. Like the Chargers make sense. The Patriots make sense. But then who are these other teams that still need a starting quarterback? There aren't that many. Okay, so I'm going to ask you just like as a selfish observer, right? Where do you (laughs) want to see them go? Oh, I think the Chargers make the most sense. Like, I think that's the logical. Like, I think I could see the Patriots, but I think the Chargers, they need, like, a flashy kind of guy with their new <laughs> stadium. Cam is flashy. <laughs> we can all agree on that. Um, and I think, you know, he doesn't have as much competition. Like, Tyra Taylor's there, and maybe they'll do a rookie, but there's not, like – I just think that makes sense. That offense is set up. Like, he'd have good weapons. So I just think all together that would be the best fit. Okay, so um, let's ask this. Okay, so there's a new regime in Carolina now, mm-hmm. right? There's Joe Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, right? A lot of new additions yeah. this offseason. How excited are fans for this upcoming season? I don't know. <laughs> While there are, you know, my thing with they've added good weapons. Like, I think you can make a case that that offense is set up to, like, score a lot of points. There's issues on the offensive line that Teddy Bridgewater might be sacked a few too many times. They have a big issue at offensive line, especially at guard. Um, so their offense looks good, but the defense, there's still so many holes that, and, you know, they'll address some in the draft and maybe pick up a few more free agents, but there's so much reason to be concerned on the defense from my perspective. They haven't really replaced James Bradbury at all at cornerback. Like, there's no one there, really. So I think. There's, I've, the feeling I've got is there's reason to be like somewhat excited, but there's still so much they need to fill and build, especially on defense. That it seems very like cautiously like, oh, this could be somewhat interesting to watch. So I think it's like there, but it's still like, this is still a team that's going to take time. So, okay. So Joe Brady is yeah. you know, he's just coming off of a, a national championship in college. He's a hot <laughs> name. You guys pick him up immediately, right? <laughs> stab a little bit the Saints a little bit by grabbing yeah. their back up, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, they could have had him if they wanted to, but they, you know, <laughs> they didn't make the signing. So, okay, yeah. cool. so you got Teddy Bridgewater, and now, and on top of that, right, Joe Brady used to play, I mean, Joe Brady used to coach um, as, a, as a part of the coach, um, the Saints coaching staff. Yeah. And so now, you just kind of have that, you know, regime in Carolina. I think you guys have some weapons. I love the weapons that you have, right? So, yeah. What's the outlook? Like, okay, I know how fans, you know, may or may not feel, and I know there's some issues, but for you, just selfishly, like, how do you, how do you think the outlook will come? Not, maybe not this year, but let's say in the next two years. What do you see this team going in about two years from now? I mean, I think it depends. I think if they built the offensive line up and got a different tight end, I think the offense has real potential. I mean, I think they could be really good. It all just depends – there's so many question marks with Teddy Bridgewater to me. Like, not in terms of – I think he can do a good job. Like, I don't think that's – I think he'll be good. But I think it's how good he can be that is really going to be how long it takes this team to rebuild. Because for me, like, he's on a three-year deal. They can get out after two years with, like, not a lot of loss. So I think, like, let's say Teddy Bridgewater looks really good next year. Then you want to build on that. And you're like, okay – Maybe we need to, you know, do we need to extend him? How does that work? Like, I just, or are we drafting someone new? Did he stink? Like, (laughs) I think so much of the team's projection is how is Teddy Bridgewater 
are we building off of him or are we get bringing in someone else? And then, then you just start over from that and build the offense around that quarterback. So I think it just, Teddy Bridgewater, man, it's going to be so interesting to watch. Like, I think, I think it's fascinating because he hasn't had a starting opportunity in like four years. He hasn't been like the starter. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. It's been a long time since we've seen a Teddy Bridgewater led team where he's the outright leader and there's no question about it. Right. So, but okay. There's a signing of PJ Walker. Right. Mm -hmm. And which, which indicates something to me, but I don't know. Then then you, you sign PJ Walker, right. Um, You already have Grizz there, right. Will Grizz still there. Yeah. Right. Um, And he got in last year, came in Mm -hmm. for two or three plays, went back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so my question is do you believe and, and there were some rumors before do you believe that the that the Panthers may target a quarterback in the draft at some point not in the first round to okay. me that would be like if they do that <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> it just wouldn't make sense I just think the reason they picked up a guy like PJ Walker is he's someone who's comfortable with Matt Rule He's someone who Robbie Anderson played with in college. He's just someone who, like, and he looked great, like, in the XFL. He looked good. So I think that that's a good backup signing. They carried three quarterbacks at the start of last season. So that makes sense to me. I wouldn't be surprised if late in the draft they got someone um, or maybe, like, an undrafted free agent, someone like that, brought someone in. That wouldn't be surprising to me at all. But I just think at this point, those are two good backups. Well, we can debate Will Greer. But we, those are two, like, solid <laughs> backups that, like, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. So, to me, it doesn't make sense to draft a quarterback early. You know Teddy Bridgewater's starting. Um, there's just too many other holes to address that early at all. All right. So, final question. Let's get down to some brass tacks. You ready? <laughs> yes. All right. Here we go. Tom Brady's in Tampa. <laughs> Our girlie's in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. New Orleans has two receivers now for the first time <laughs> in quite some time. Hell yeah. <laughs> the NFC South is kind of rapidly evolving. Like right before yeah. our eyes, it's now like one of the strongest conferences. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, one of the strongest divisions. Yeah. Right. And so how will this new look Panthers team fare in the NFC South? Where do they land when it's all said and done? Oh, it's not, I mean, not to sound <laughs> negative here, but it's not particularly close to me. I mean, I think the Falcons, there's, nah, I just think they'll be last. I just don't think there's a situation where you see the Panthers, like, those quarterbacks they're going against, like Matt Ryan, whatever, the Falcons weren't great last year, but that's a team that's coming back together yeah. that just brought in good weapons to complement an already you know, mildly good team. They're not starting over. They have the same head coach, same GM. And the Panthers, I just think, I think their offense could be exciting. They just, they can't stop those guys. They don't have anyone to put against Julio Jones that I trust. They don't have, like, who's stopping Todd Gurley if he manages to get healthy again. They don't have a great defensive line right now. And, I mean, that's before we're talking about Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So (laughs) I think it could be a very tough, season for the Panthers that wouldn't be surprising to me at all and the NFC South is so good yeah yeah they're, they're very good like yeah. um when I'm looking around and and I'm and it's no it's no secret here people know that I cheer for the Saints and, and I like mm-hmm. the Saints um but at the same time like when I when I kind of look around right at the NFC South you look at the look at the Saints 
I do like the fact that they now have two receivers. That's really cool. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but at the end of the day, right, it's still problematic um, because there's so much talent in the NFC South now, right? Teddy yeah. Bridgewater um, actually came through surprisingly for New Orleans last mm-hmm. year. And there's some faith. There's actually some people who believe, look, I had the conversation with somebody, and this is wild. <laughs> But I had a conversation with somebody who said, Teddy Bridgewater is now the best quarterback in NFC South. And I, yeah. and I, did, yeah, right. Okay, cool. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that to be false. Yeah, I believe that to be false too. But at the he's got to prove a little more. He's got to yeah. prove a little more before he's even in that conversation to me. Okay, so what do you expect to see from him this season? I mean, I, in an ideal world, do you expect to see what he showed, like you said, during that five game stretch when he started? over when Drew Brees was injured I think maybe he could show that but the Panthers don't have they need to I'm not like the offensive line is not good right now like they have a good I mean they have a great left tackle but besides that they don't have anyone protecting him and I think that could be a real issue you can have everyone you want to throw to but if you don't have time to get the ball out you know, there's only so many times you can give it to Christian McCaffrey on those short passes. So I think he could be good, but they need to support him more than they currently are. Awesome. Look, thank you so much for joining us. You have been phenomenal. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm here hoping the best for Cam and we'll see kind of <laughs> Um, right. I hope the best for Cam too, for the record. I hope like he finds like whatever fits best for him. Yeah, I, I think he will. And um, if he keeps dropping those videos, I don't think he's going to be free for too long. Right? <laughs> don't worry. He will. He will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us. Um, hey, is there any way where you want to, is it you want to talk to people about um, your articles or where they can find your articles? Um, please just let the people know where they can find your, your information and, you know, get in contact. Yeah, so you can go to charlotteobserver.com for all our Panthers coverage. We'll be doing lots of fun stuff. Um, and then my Twitter is at a Getzenberg. So you can look for me there too. I won't waste your time spelling it out, but <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you very much. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Hey, look, this is MTMV sports. Rick sincere. Have a blessed day. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm gonna make a toast. Cause we still alive. No big. I feel like pop. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in.